DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Congratulate you, Hall of Famers. So honored to be in the presence Thank of you. radio royalty. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. This is a big deal. Big deal. I think that y'all have a certain amount of respect for, you know, what everybody else does. And y'all are just the best at what y'all do. We love y'all, man. Thank you for being the people's champs. Probably the greatest. I'll drill y'all. Good morning, Charlemagne. Good morning, Angela Yee. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Good morning. What's happening? Nothing. I'm out here in LA still. It's hard to get up here because of the time difference. Oh yeah, it's like three in the morning, right? Yeah, every day. And people want to go to dinner. They don't understand. I can't go to a, a 7, 8 o'clock dinner. Oh, yeah, because L.A. back open now, I think, from what I read. I think they mm-hmm. reopened movie theaters and uh, gyms and everything else, right? Did I did I read that correctly? Um, I think the movie theaters, not sure about the gyms, but they just reopened indoor eating on Monday, indoor dining. Hey, man. And there's still a lot of places that aren't doing any indoor dining, and it's still, I think, 25%. Yeah, we, we back in these streets. I mean, every day you wake up in the morning is a, is a gamble. But, I mean, I guess it's even a more bigger gamble now because of COVID. But people back out. Yeah, so I went to eat. We, but we still ate outdoors. It was me and um, one of my friends who's an attorney last night. She was like, let's go have dinner. It was kind of cold out still. Hey, why not? People getting the vaccine. Okay. And people still social distancing and wearing their masks. Like I said, I'm never going to stop wearing masks ever. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I'm at the airport and things of that nature, I'm, I'm always wearing mask. So we right. out here. Yeah, yeah. And I encourage people to, no matter where you are, if they don't have those mask mandates, still wear your mask when you're out and about. So in certain places, Please. giving the vaccine away uh, at Walmart and CVS. Did y'all know that? CVS, yeah. For any age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was talking to um, my mom yesterday. That's what she got it at. She got it at Walmart. Mm. Yeah, in South Carolina. So. Monk's Corner. Poor Envy. Envy's Envy around here looking so sad. I haven't seen him. I just keep getting all the reports from people. He's like, he's just sitting around waiting to get um, the anal swab for yeah. COVID. And I guess the person isn't here yet. No, they couldn't find a big enough swab. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, all that time in Atlanta. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you wouldn't need that big swab if you didn't spend two weekends in Atlanta back to back, Envy. Now, we got hey, from, you know what? Huh? I was going to say, I got the first, um, the first time I, I usually get like the swab up my nose, but I did the first ever one that's in your mouth when you get tested. I never had to do that before. I never, when I they swab I in your, yeah, but you do it yourself. They give you the, um, the Q-tip, you swab both cheeks and then they make you touch your tonsils with this long Q-tip. Yeah. yeah I never and did that. And I prefer mouth. the nose swab. All right. Well, yeah, that's it. Well, we got front page news coming up. Yee, what are we doing? Yes, and this was a really tragic situation in a, in the Atlanta area. A man shot and killed at least eight Asian Americans, and he shot nearly a dozen. But I just saw at least it. eight of them were killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert Aaron Long, he was arrested. Yeah, as soon as I saw, I saw that when I turned the computer on, I was like, what? Uh, also, speaking of Atlanta, by way of Philly, Generation Now will be joining us this morning, okay? Generation Now. Who is Generation Now? It's a record label. Uh, DJ Drama, Don Cannon, my man... Um, Lake. Like, yeah, Lake. 
they, they they are the CEOs. They have Jack Harlow and uh, Little Uzi and Shetty Hendricks among among others. So we'll be talking to them later on this morning as well. But let's get the show started, damn it. Who are we starting off with? Drake? Pop Smoke. Okay. I was about to say Drake, Pop Smoke, or Roddy Rich. One of the three. <laughs> All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Yes, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. Uh, hopefully, DJ Envy will be joining us shortly after this COVID anal swab. But uh, it's time for front page news. What we got, Yee? Well, let's talk about Robert Aaron Long. He was taken into custody, and that is after eight people were killed at three different Metro Atlanta massage parlors yesterday. He was arrested 150 miles away after a dramatic car chase. So this all happened within the space of about an hour. Now, they have not identified the victims. They're working to notify next of kin. But four of those victims were described as being of Korean ethnicity. And they're saying that at least four of the victims were female and appeared to be Asian. Among the many questions they're asking right now, they don't know what the motive is, but they're investigating to see if this is a hate crime. Man, that's horrible. And, you know, I, I just I really wish people who did stuff like that. I'd rather you take yourself out first. You know, hurt people, hurt people. You have to be in a lot of pain to want to inflict that kind of pain on someone. But, man, I'd rather you take yourself out first and you, you know, eight people dead for what? We don't even have a motive. Just come on, man. And the fact that Robert Aaron Long was able to kill at least eight people and then get taken into custody with no incident. You know, if that was somebody black. Oh, yeah. By the way, also, too, um, that was the that was that was one of the things about COVID. Right. COVID kind of sl slowed down those mass shootings. I haven't heard of a mass shooting in the past year. So I'm not saying they didn't happen. I just didn't hear of them. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, seemed like, it, 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 it seemed like COVID slowed down those those mass shootings. Well, people weren't having large gatherings either, right? Yeah, that's true. All right. Now, Moderna has launched the COVID-19 vaccine trial on children as young as six months old. So they're the first U.S. vaccine maker to test its vaccine on infants. And yeah, this pretty, I don't know, the, the trial will enroll nearly 7,000 children from ages six months to 12 years old in the U.S. and Canada. Why would they have to do it on kids if they were saying covid wasn't really impacting kids like that. I guess because what kids can be carriers and pass it to adults. Right. Mm. And also, you know, you want to, I guess, lessen this, but I don't know. Would you get let your kids get this vaccine? No, ma'am. They said children often do need lower doses of vaccine than adults. They want to make sure we find the best dose that increases their immunity. And so that's why they said the first age group they're starting in will be age 6 to 11. Then it's going to be kids 2 to 6. And then kids 6 months to 2 years of age. One of them doctors that do them trials, they don't got their own kids. They don't got their mm -hmm. own nephews. They don't got their own nieces. They don't got their own, you know, kids in their life that they can do these trials on. Right. So they said this will also help protect not just the kids, but also the adults, the grandparents, that these children can carry COVID and pass that on and transmit that. Mm. <laughs> that one. Listen, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but that feels a little nervous. Mm -hmm. Oh, my bad. Hello. You can't hear me. All right. Well. <laughs> How do you manage to do that? Like, and I'm looking at him on the revolt camera, and I can see him looking all crazy. He got that old man face on. Like, you know what he did? He don't know. He don't know how to plug it in. There you go. Okay, you can. You got it in. I got it in. I couldn't find the hole. The yeah. All right, we back. Yeah, I agree. All with right. You just well, that said, is. What'd you say? We're just saying how you couldn't find the hole. <laughs> all right. Well, that is your front page news. That's right. Now it's time for uh. 
Get it off your chest. All right. There this, you go. Yeah, this is when you can reach out and touch <laughs> us and tell us why you're mad. Uh, tell us why you're blessed. All of that good stuff. The number is 1-800-585-1051. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. This you ready to get was, uh, it off your chest? Yeah, yeah. Now, I just want to say shout out to y'all for the amazing interview of uh, Cheryl McKissick. Uh, I love content like that, being able to highlight generational wealth in the black community. Uh, I thought that was an awesome interview. Thank you, King. I love Cheryl, man. She's 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 really, really dope. I hope she, you know, tells her story even more in a documentary or something. Like, really show us what that fifth generation, generational wealth from McKissick and McKissick looks like. Definitely, definitely. And what I would love to highlight is the fact that, you know, their, their organization, I believe, is in Tennessee, correct? No, I think she's based out of New York. Oh, yeah, actually, my mom was really excited about it because my mom works for New York City Transit and, and her company, McKissick, has done a lot of projects for Transit Authority. She was like, oh, my God, I saw you had Cheryl McKissick on. Okay, okay. I, for some reason, I thought she was in Tennessee, and I was going to say we can link her up with Alabama and them because they have a construction management uh, major. That's my, my Oh, mom. yeah, she's I, from Tennessee, but she's based in New York. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then the last thing I just wanted to get off my chest, uh, I sent you all a book. Uh, my mental health book is a testimonial that talks about my experiences and what I went through as a young man going through college and my uh, journey towards kind of self-help, self-help and self-love. What's the name of it? Hardship through Hardship. Oh, you got it? Oh, yeah, we got it. My, our producer, Eddie, just told me he got it. I'm going to check that out, my brother. Okay, I ho hope you all love it, and I would love to hear you all feedback. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, bro. Thank you. Love y'all, man. Love you too, King. Envy's in here fresh off his anal swab. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, how you just walk in and don't even say hello and just be like, all right, he was bro. Talking, like, I he mean, just was here. Because yeah, he happy. Nah. He feeling you know, himself. They, they gave me an anal swab in the Dunkin' Donuts lounge. They said Dramos has been there several times before. <laughs> they said Charlemagne is visiting him a couple times. But mm -hmm. hey, I'm negative. That's all that matters. Y no. Y'all want to keep joking about this and you end up having to get it. Envy did get an anal swab he for did. real. He got an anal swab, and then they had to do his nostrils with the same, um, same yeah, uh, Q-tip. <laughs> so he's up, extra man. happy I'm negative, morning. man. I, I got here early, and I had to get tested before I walked in here. The best part of waking up is smelling some fresh butt. <laughs> Yo, get it off your chest. 800 <laughs> I hate you. If you need to vent, it is up now. I really didn't get the anal swab, by the way. I just You're a liar. Things. People right, believe right. that. It was nose. All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Yo, it's Jeremiah. Good morning. Jeremiah, what's up? What's up get it Jeremiah? off your chest. How you doing, King? Oh, uh, I'm doing, doing pretty good, King. Yo, I, I got to get something off my chest, man. I, I, I just recently started watching The Bachelor this season. And I watched to the end. You know, the guy, Matt James, new guy, cool, whatever. And I was upset at the fact that he went all this way, met all this women, and went all these dates to break up with the girl at the end. Like, he had his reason. And I'm like, yo, like, what's the point of even coming on the show if you're going to break up with Yeah, I was kind of confused. You picked the white girl and then said, you know, I'm breaking up with you because you don't basically understand my history. But you picked the white girl. 
You picked a white girl. You was in love. You was in all this. So well, y'all I was not looking confused. at the bright side. What if he did that just to embarrass her on national TV because she's white? So that's also <laughs> a good reason too. But at the same time, <laughs> you have you have four black queens that you brought in the last four weeks, and then you pick the white chick. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm confused. I mean, like, I, just I, he he I just remember he was upset. I just. I just talking. remember he was upset about an article that was in the post that was saying that he was going to pick a white woman and yeah. he was mad and he did this whole statement about it. And then he picked a white woman. But you and know what? Yeah. But his mother his mother his mother is white, you know, his father is uh African. He picked the the white woman. He fell in love. They said they was in love and then he found out some things about it and then basically said you're on your own. So I don't know if it was real love. I don't know if they was really into each other, but it was a good show though, wasn't it? He should have oh, picked. Yeah, it was a good show. He should have picked Delicious, man. He should have. He should have picked Delicious in New York. They wasn't on the show. Oh man, she wasn't there. No, not, that's not the same show. All right, man. Have no. a good one. All right, y'all take care. Look, he made the statement. I'm reading the statement now. He said it's low key frustrating to have to address it because first off, people should, regardless of what they look like, want you to be happy with whoever you're with. And if you knew anything about me, if you were close to me, you would know that the last women that I dated were all black women. Yeah, but he picked a white girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Hello, who's this? and you did it on national TV. Yo, King. what's going on? Yo, my name is Keith. Keith, what up? Get it off your chest. Um, I would like to challenge the donkey of the day that Charlemagne gave um, challenge. Uh, Ben Carson yesterday. That should talk be a new me. feature called Challenge the Donkey of the Day. That would be funny. But I'm ahead, with it. Let's talk about it. What's the challenge? Um, uh, you gave Dr. Ben Carson, not the crack-ass crackers, just uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson. You gave him donkey of the day for comparing being a black conservative to um, slavery. Yes, I sure did. I stand on that. Okay, okay. So um, I feel like you you blew it out of proportion. Why? And, uh, it, it, uh, because exactly what he said in the clip that that you played during the donkey today is exactly what you did when you gave him donkey today. What he was explaining was is that people like you, Charlemagne the God, slander black conservatives. Uh oh. And in return, a lot of black conservatives will be afraid to speak out. Can I ask you a question? Did I did I did I insult him or slander him in any way for being a black conservative yesterday? Yes, you did. You no, that. I did not. You said that. Yes, you did. Hold no, on. I didn't. Because you got you got the playing cards with the house money, so you guys are going to get your point across regardless. So can I just, can I just get my point? Yes, across, sir. Um, you you did slay to him. You said that he uh, licks white caps, uh, the, the kneecaps of white people. <laughs> because I'll tell you why. <laughs> By the way, hold on, hold on, hold on. By the way, a lot of black Democrats lick kneecaps and and, and suck the boots of white people too. Now, so that don't have nothing but, to do with political party. That got to do with how you move uh, as a as a as a person. Can I can I can I just make one more point? Yes, about sir. A black black conservatism that uh, a lot of uh, people on your side of the aisle that 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 talk like that. Um, I'm not on any side like, side of the aisle, though, like, sir. Yeah, but we, the way you talk, you have you have a side though. Like really. you, when you're when you're talking about Candace Owens, like I strongly believe people like Candace Owens, Ben Carson, Brandon Tatum, Larry Elder. I feel like black publications and black and, and, and like black media period are afraid to get in a room with these people. You guys will disagree with them, but you guys are disagreeing with them from the comfort of your chair at the Breakfast Club. You will not well, get in a room I with talk them. To, I talked to Candace. What, what have you ever heard me say about Candace no, Owens? I have not talked to them publicly. When, when have you had uh, Candace Owens on the Breakfast Club? When have you had her? When, when have you been on the Candace Owens show? When have you had Larry Eldo on the on, on the Breakfast Bro, Club? Can, you guys will can, not can, You guys will not have well, no, no out of all, conservatives on there. Out of all of those people you just named, the only one who's ever asked to come on Breakfast Club is Candace. And Candace has a open invitation. 
Well, hold on, brother. I'll let y'all talk right, well, behind the scenes. Hold on, because we got to pay some bills. Because I strongly hold, believe... But about, I want to ask this brother one question. Time back. out. Do you think yeah. being a black conservative equates to slavery? See, but you, what you did was... No, but just answer the question. No, 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 no. Answer the question. Do you think being a black conservative equates to slavery? One part of slavery. You equate... Man, shut up. Now I got to tell you to shut up because it's not true. Nothing equates to slavery. The only thing that comes close to slavery is prison. You know why? Because you have the freedom to be a black conservative. Okay, keyword freedom. Shut up. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. You know the rapid test I just took? The, the gentleman told me it's 94% accurate. They stuck it way up my nose. It wasn't them little ones. They stuck this one way up. Yes. 94%? I didn't know it was that accurate. I thought it was a lot less than that. The anal swabs are more accurate. We saw that. Anal Shut swab up. is 99.69% accurate. <laughs> I hate y'all. I hate y'all. I didn't mean to tell that guy shut up like that either. But I mean, you already like, told him that. But then stop equating things to slavery. It's slavery. When people say things like that, it makes me believe they don't understand how horrible <laughs> slavery yes. was. How Awful it was. Like, come on, man. Hey, we got rumors on the way. All right, let's talk about LeBron James and a new venture that he has, what he's a partner in. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So LeBron is joining Fenway Sports Group. He's a partner, and he now he has an ownership stake in their subsidiaries that includes the Boston Red Sox, mm. Liverpool Football Club, Roush mm. Fenway Racing, and the regional sports network NESN, according to sources. So he already owns 2% of Liverpool, which is the current English Premier League champion. And now that he's joining Fenway Sports Group, he's expanded his investment, and he, along with Maverick Carter, his partner, will become the company's first black partners. Dropping a clue of bombs for Bron and Maverick. That's Love big it. business right there. Big business. Absolutely. I, that's why I say like LeBron is the second coming of uh, Magic Johnson in a whole lot of ways. I know people like to say Jordan, but you know, he's he's the second coming of Magic in a whole lot of ways, especially when it comes to the business. So salute LeBron and Maverick. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're an NBA player, you cannot own portions of NBA or the WNBA team. So at least he's able to do this. Yeah, I right? was wondering about that. I didn't know if you were still an active player. Could you be a part of owning any sports franchise so I was wondering about but that. Michael did it what do you mean he owned the Wizards when he played for I think that was just a line in a Jay-Z song I don't think that was actually factual I think sure? he had to, I think he had I think he had to relinquish some of his ownership when he started playing really I don't know. I don't know that to be a fact. <laughs> We're just talking. I don't, know. Just talking. I don't know that to be a fact. All right. Now, Tiger Woods is at home recovering after being in the hospital for several weeks following his car crash. Now, he tweeted out, happy to report that I'm back home and continuing my recovery. I'm so grateful for the support and the encouragement that I have received over the past few weeks. So hopefully he's okay. He does have injuries and cuts to his face, multiple fractures, compound fractures to his right leg as well. And he also did thank the hospital staff for taking care of him. I'm telling you, you got to watch that documentary. If you could see how amazing he was as like a little baby just coming out there and playing golf on TV. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I'm going to be honest with you, man. 
Golf is so boring to me that I can't even watch the Tiger Woods documentary. Not, I tried. I just yeah, but don't it's care. It's not really just you about that. But, and also mm-hmm. what was great about it was he golf made a lot of people watch golf that never watched it. Golf yeah. ain't that bad. It's not It's not as boring as you think. Yeah. It's, 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 I actually enjoy when I used to play golf when I went to uh, Hampton. Best golf tournament I ever saw was in the More Money, More Problems video when um, uh-huh. Diddy and Mace was on the golf course and Riddick Bowe was commentating. Hmm. I think it was Riddick Bowe playing. No, Mace was commentating. That was the best golf game I ever saw. Wasn't real. All right. Now, Shaq was on the Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast, and he told a story about putting Icy Hot, well, someone put Icy Hot on his testicles. One day, I kind of had like a thigh bruise, and the guy rubbed it, but he rubbed it too high. So during the game, my little guy started getting hot. Like, I thought something was wrong. And it got to the point where I was like, hey, man, I, I think I need to go to, I, I need a doctor. So he's like, oh, I think I put the icy hot too high. My God. So then he said, all right, you don't have to play the rest of the game. So now I take a shower. Boy, I thought I was in hell. So then I'm in there screaming, ah, and there was a Spanish janitor in there. And he said, compadre, you got to use milk. You got to use milk where? I got to listen to that podcast. I need more of the story. The trainer rubbed his testicles? Hey, man. He went no, to, on his thigh. It was his leg. Nah, and then know. I guess it went no, a little no, too no. high. It sounded no. like he touched Shaq Shaq to me. <laughs> yes. That's what I heard. That, I was thinking that could be good revenge. Like if you, if you have a guy and you replace his Jergens with Icy Hot. What is Jergens? Um... You can't say that, but... Uh, what do you mean? We just said testicles a million times. Yes, you, can that, say, you can't say the slime You can say that. That's oh, the, God, okay. That is, <laughs> well, you can't put... Lo- uh, I, who uh, lotions their testicles? Thank you. Me? You don't lotion your whole body? Lotion my shaft? I've never lotioned my testicles. You lotion your whole body. You just put one you part... You never lotion your testicles. I lotion my whole so body. You're I'm not. You're lying. You can smell it right now. You, it smells you, Vanilla fresh. should do that. I've never heard that in my life. And then some guys have jergens next to the bed for other reasons, I'm sure. All right, now... I've lotioned my shaft. Half, never my testicles. No, you lotion well, your whole body, bro. I need. Well, let's take a poll. Taylor, put a poll up on Breakfast Club page. You know, <laughs> oh, I thought you ha- said let's take a poll. <laughs> no, like, it's nothing but hard hitting content here. I need to know how many men out there lotion their testicles. I've never done that. You ever. better. You don't lotion your whole body. You don't lotion no. your ass. So you just leave like, those ashy ass, and yes, I don't. I, you do your whole body. I, 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 I've got never lotioned my testicles. All right, Envy, Envy, pull your pants up. Relax. All right, sorry. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, and by the way, today's St. Patrick's Day. We didn't mention that, so I just thought I would bring that up. Envy? Yo, Envy is a kid. Yo, he needs to grow up. You still partying with Bow Wow? You wearing green on St. Patrick's Day? Nobody's gonna pinch you, bro. My kids, you wore green. wear green on St. Patrick's Day, and they wanted Dad to wear green on St. Patrick's Day. I don't forgot about what is it? You, you pinch somebody when they you wear kiss green? Him. He wants somebody to kiss him. That's what it is. You kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, ye? I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I'll tell you this. You know, the Island Montserrat <laughs> yeah, where my mom is from. Let me see. This guy got a He's lucky really wearing all socks. green. I, told, guy, I knew man. there was a reason. Grow up, but it's the, biggest, it's the biggest holiday in, in Montserrat. <laughs> they actually celebrate St. Patrick's Day for 10 days. Really? In Montserrat. And I never knew why. So I actually had Googled it to see why. And apparently a lot of uh, people from Ireland immigrated to that island. And they had slaves. And the slaves actually had planned a rebellion on St. Patrick's Day because they thought that all the um, the slave owners would be drunk. But somebody overheard them and told. And so it didn't work out. It was a filled rebellion. But now they have taken their power back. And I never knew why it was such a big holiday there. I was like, 
Why do they celebrate St. Patrick's Day more than any other holiday in Montserrat? And I, that was why. I just want to wear green. That's all my kids wear green. I just want to wear green. That's all. That's all you know. That's all I know. <laughs> they, 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 my kids wear green. They want dad to wear green. Shout out to Currency. Currency actually sent me this sweatshirt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, wear, wear, wearing green on St. Patrick's Day is supposed to make you invisible to leprechauns. Hmm. Um, they will okay. pinch you as soon as you come upon their radar if you don't wear green. There you go. Yes. All right. Hashtag green with envy today. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your rumor report. All right. You guys got to live a little, man. Wear green. You got green on. You got green shorts on, green hats. See, there you go. I have green pants on. The pants. Well, whatever. You have on green pants? Who owns green pants? Well, Envy pinches his butt, Envy pinches his butt so every weird. day. And Envy hasn't been in the studio, so he knew Envy was coming back today, so he wore green, so Envy don't pinch his butt. They're trying to hide my butt from Envy. Goodness gracious. You guys play too much. All right. Now we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Yes, and we're going to talk about Joe Biden. He did an ABC News exclusive interview, and he was talking about a lot of migrants and unaccompanied minors have been on the U.S. southern border. He told them, don't come. All right. And next hour, also, DJ <laughs> Drama will be joining us. Don Cannon and Lake Sheezy. Generation, Generation Now. Now. Mm -hmm. All right. And they have artists like Little Uzi Vert and Jack, uh, Jack Harlow. Harlow and uh, Shetty Hendrix. Shetty Hendrix. Yes. So we'll talk to them next hour. All right. Front page news. The next is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here. And the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Wolf day. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Gee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, you? Well, Joe Biden sat down with ABC News' George Stephanopoulos, and they were talking about the surge of migrants and unaccompanied minors on the U.S. southern border. It's been a situation that he has to figure out how to get under control. And some he feels like people are coming because they feel like he's just a nice guy listen to this i heard the other day that they're coming because they know i'm a nice guy and i won't do they're what saying Trump this well here's the deal the adults are being sent back number one number two what do you do with an unaccompanied child that comes to the border do you repeat what trump did we're not doing that so what we're doing is we have brought in brought in hhs and also brought in fema to provide for enough safe facilities for them to not to get out of the control of the border patrol which are not designed to hold people for a long periods of time particularly children get them out of those facilities and most of them come with a phone number liberal right, li liberal hypocrisy will never cease to amaze me i mean biden's handling of this is no better than how trump handled migrant children during his time in office but since people like joe biden and he speaks nicer the media won't report it the same way that they uh, reported it, you know, when, when when Trump was doing it. So salute to all the Democrats that I see holding Joe Biden accountable and, and letting him know this is absolutely no better than how, you know, Trump handled it. So did I hear this right? He's sending parents back, but not the kids. So if, they, if you come over with your kids, you'll be sent back and your kids are here by themselves? Un unaccompanied minors is what he's saying. Mm. So if you're a child coming under the age of 18 by yourself, they don't send you right back. And that's for because they're able to seek asylum. So while they're waiting to seek asylum, normally, I think under Trump, you had to wait 
we're on the other side of the border, but they're allowing them to come over while they're seeking asylum. Yeah, but they still they still got like four thousand children stuck in border patrol run facilities, which are, which are still have jail like conditions for for extended periods periods of time. So it's right, like, and that's a difference? system that they have to that they have to fix. And so that's what he's trying to work on, trying to figure out what to do. And here's what he had to say about that. So what we're doing is we're putting together an entire organizational structure so that within seven days, you're able to get in the phone, contact that number, find out whether there is a mother or a father, whether it is safe, whether it is a secure circumstance to get the child to that adult. Once again, so what Biden is handling so, this no better than how Trump handled migrant children. <laughs> like it's, and I think, but I think he's acknowledging that they have to figure out how they can handle. Because what they're doing is they want to take these kids from these short-term holding facilities and then put them in temporary facilities that's been run by the Department of Health and Human Services. So they don't want them to stay in those facilities for more than I think seventy-two hours. But that's still too long. Let's be yes. clear. But it's a system that's been broken that is, I'm sure, going to take some time to fix. But period, he's saying right now, don't come. But the liberal hypocrisy will never cease to amaze me because they they won't report it the way they reported it when Trump was in office. Well, listen to him saying don't come and what what he's saying about trying to fix this and figure out a better system. Do you have to say quite clearly, don't come? Yes, I can say quite clearly, don't come. And what we're in the process of getting set up is to be able to apply for asylum in place. So don't leave your town or city. We're going to make sure we have facilities in those cities and towns to say you can apply for asylum from where you are right now. Make your case. We'll have people there to determine whether or not you are able to meet the requirement you qualify for asylum. Just say build the wall. President Biden. No, 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 no. Just say, just say I think we do need compassion, but we have to figure out what we can do because these are human beings. These are children. And so you do have to figure out, but it is a broken system that's going to take some time to fix. And they have to have some really positive solutions. These kids are like Mm -hmm. affected for the rest of their lives, even if they're only being held for one day. Just imagine I I was watching stories of parents who were saying when they were reunited with their children, you know, the child will be okay for a minute. Then all of a sudden, like break down. Just imagine the long term effects. But this is something that they that Donald Trump handled really poorly and really has to be overhauled completely. So, so, but people say the same thing was going on when President Obama was in the White House. So once you just said it was, it is the system, right? So it's not yeah, it is. just Trump. It's not just Biden. It was Obama. It's clearly the system. Yeah, clearly. And There's so no that's plan. something that, but, no but I do feel like now is the time to work on it and get that fixed. I know it's not going to be overnight. And they do have to figure out what can they do and maybe provide, you know, resources and finances to people that will actually take better care of these children and facilities that's going to be more humane. Yeah, I'm just pointing out the liberal hypocrisy of it's not just one individual. It is the system. That's all. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, DJ Drama, Don Cannon, Lake Sheezy. They run a company. They own a company. Generation Now. They have all this like Jack Harlow, Little Uzi Vert, just to name a few. And we're going to talk to them when we come back. All right. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. That's right. Yeah. We got DJ Drama, Don Cannon, and Lake Sheezy. Welcome, yeah. fellas. Yo, yo, what's, what's up? up? Yeah. You should sit, up? just say the CEOs of Generation Now, right? <laughs> I like that intro. Yeah. Now, what is the Generation Now movement, man? Um, Generation Now is is our record label. Mm-hmm. Um, we formed it, founded it, what, 2015? Our, our first artist actually was a brother by the name of Scheme. 
And um, it was right around the time when I had just came on to uh, Atlantic and, and uh, got my A&R position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the three of us, we've been friends and in business for damn 20 plus years since we went to, you know, school in uh, Clark Atlanta and, and Morehouse. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we started the label pretty much basically to create a new movement. You know, obviously we had already... Uh, had success with the affiliates and with gang- Gangsta Girls mixtapes and everything. So, you know, Generation Now was actually the origins of it was a mixtape series that we started for artists that really didn't make sense to be on the Gangsta Girls at the time. Mm-hmm. So the first two artists that hosted Generation Now mixtapes that me and Cannon was doing was Kanye and Joe Button at the time. I heard that. On, I heard you say that on 85 South. Sure. So, yeah. So, um, you know, that's the label. You know, we have um, we have Lil Uzi. We have Jack Harlow. We have City Hendrix. Where the hell is the Kanye and Joe Budden mixtape? I didn't. Did that ever come out? Yeah, came out. I got it. Okay, okay. Came out in 04, though. So we were. This is a precursor to what we're doing. I mean, it just kind of came full circle. You know what I'm saying? Who did y'all pass upon? Is there any artist that y'all passed upon and be like, damn, we had a chance and didn't didn't sign him? Or her? We had interest in the Migos early on. Around the same time, there were other people that had interest in them as well. You know, I had um, actually took a trip with Quavo. You know, we took a meeting one time. We we were we were early interested in Tory Lanez. This is when the Migos were having a little issues with QC at the time? No, 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 no was before, before, prior to that. Okay, yeah, okay. Before, yeah, this was, this was um, when, before they, they actually did their deal with QC. Mm-hmm. Um, Tory, OT Genesis, oh. to name a few. Now, you and Uzi, y'all, y'all, y'all and Uzi good? Because I know there was one time when Uzi wasn't recorded, he wanted to get released, but I know that happens every time with artists and labels. <laughs> Are y'all, y'all selling out, y'all good now? Yeah, we good, man. Yeah, everything we good, good, man. Everything Why good. does he always talk to you, drama? He always s*** on you. He never says anything about John Cannon or Cheese. It's always drama. Drama's always the guy that's holding Uzi's records from coming out. I mean, you know, I think when it comes to the drama, like, I, I'm pretty much the face of the drama majority of the time. You chose so. the name. Yeah, it was the gift, <laughs> okay. the gift and the curse of the name, you know? So I got to take that on the chin, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where would you say things went wrong with Uzi if, if something went wrong? Um... I don't know if I would really say anything went wrong. I mean, honestly, you know, as we've told the, the the story of the narrative, like the things that Uzi did on social media was, I mean, he kind of was doing that from the beginning per se. Like, you know, when we when I first met him and we were originally about to go in business, he, you know, he said, "Drama, I'm gonna be more famous than you," and I was like, "Well." If you're not, then I didn't do my job. So you know, I would, I would <laughs> right. hope so. Or you know, he cracked a joke on my jeans when he first came on the. On the tour bus when we was on tour with Wiz Khalifa, so I mean, <laughs> what he said they were too baggy. I don't even remember what he said. He, <laughs> oh, he was killing you, though. Yeah, you know, first just, day I was yeah, like, just, "Damn, we about to sign this kid." Yeah, go class, kill us every day. Classic Uzi, but I mean, you know, and and for us, we never came out and defended ourselves when you know the narrative was that we were doing bad business or holding up music, and you know, it was a fight that one we didn't want to have because we were invested, you know what I'm saying, and his success is our success. And then, you know, at the time, like, when you have a, a artist on that level of that's that superstardom, it's like, it doesn't really matter what we say, per se, you know, so we just let it kind of play out how it did, you know? Did y'all feel like it was, like, f***ing up the brand of Generation Now? Like, when you got your flagship artist Absolutely. who of pops course. off? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine, like, just the success that we've had, imagine if we would have came out the gate with an artist of his stature that would have been waving the flag yeah, you know instead yeah, of yeah. stepping on the flag per se you know what i'm saying so um yeah you know i mean we would have loved for it to have gone another way but you know with all that being said you know we, we still take the good with the bad you know what i'm saying we, we keep pushing like, y'all still eat off it though right yeah mm-hmm. of course we're yeah, still in business with uzi still in business. Yeah, yeah definitely was it hard to sign other artists after that 
Like, the, like nah, Uzi I, said y'all jerking people. We definitely felt some effects yeah, of that yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, we, we were in the running for a couple guys yeah, that, that, yep. are, that are you know that are popular right now, and whether they said it or not, mm-hmm. I think in the back of their mind they're like, damn, Uzi's talking about these guys. And, so what, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you know, at the time too, like Jack was really evolving as an artist, and you know he kind of was very outspoken, and you know when when people was like really coming at me. And coming at us like you know jack was like yo this is my guy you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying these these are my guys you know and mm-hmm. I, I wear the generation now flag proudly you know what i'm saying so you know i definitely got a salute to him for you know when when it when we looked crazy in the public like he really you know put stood his next his, to us stood next to us and yeah. was like these are our guys so you know I, I definitely thank him for that you know what i'm saying so now now looking back on it it's it's a different narrative. Now, I noticed even last time you were up here, we were talking about Drake and, and your little tip with Drake. And mm-hmm. I see Drake squashed his beef with Charlemagne. And Why do you say tiff? <laughs> I, I think it's because you like him, Drake likes him. You think that's tiff? It wasn't, it wasn't it a beef. It wasn't a beef. It wasn't a beef. It was a tiff. A little tiff. Did y'all squash your little tiff? I mean, you know, we've had small talk. You know, okay. we, we've we've talked. Small talk. <laughs> no, I'm just being real. Like, you know, I mean, I honestly haven't. We haven't seen each other but mm-hmm. you know since i guess as you will put it a tiff like um we've been in communication lightly and i mean you know some at some point i'm sure you know we'll get an opportunity to sit down and really just you know bill not even you know i i feel like he's past that we're past that you know what i'm saying so um so yeah that's where it's at really we got more with dj drama lake sheezy and don cannon when we come back don't move it's the breakfast club good morning Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Don Cannon, DJ Drama, and Lake Sheezy. Generation Now. What happened the other day, Drama, when they kicked you off a flight for recording? I, that shocked the <laughs> He was being a super spreader. He was a super spreader out here. A super spreader. I'm glad this kind of worked out in this way, just so I can go on air on, on the plat- you guys' platform, which is... One of the biggest platforms in the world that says United sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they, need, oh, they need better yeah. training of their employees. I mean, the one mistake I made, honestly, was that if you watch the videos, I was recording, you know, an incident that happened previous to the incident with me. And the employee, the, the um, flight attendant told me, you can't have your phone on. You have to turn your phone off. You're not allowed to record. And that's not true. Like, as long as your phone is on airplane mode, mm-hmm. like, your phone can be on. Um, she, You know, my mask was, like, kind of below my nose. And they give you a warning. They have these cards that they give you warnings on. And, you know, she gave me my warning. And, you know, I respectfully put my mask up. And I didn't give no problems or nothing. And she was just on, she was on one that day. And she called the um, customer service guy on. And then he asked me about it. And, you know, I was calm and respectful with him. And he, he told he he told her, like, he said he's going to keep his mask on. And she went and was like, he can say anything. You know, we don't know what he's going to do when we get in the air. Mm. And I'm like, well, you don't know what anybody on this plane is going to do once we get in the air. Anybody mm-hmm. could do anything and you know i mean long story short they wound up kicking me off the flight you know and i just wanted to document it and just you know show how i gracefully handled the situation so <laughs> where were you i was in not only mind you i'm a, I'm a delta guy so shout the delta if i haven't said a united sucks <laughs> um <laughs> but crazy. i was in miami and i was going to texas i was going to houston the only reason why i even took united which sucks is because i wanted to you know i didn't want to connect in atlanta so i, I got a little lazy so you know 
Yeah, NBA, Did they reach out at all? Yeah, they they sent me an email and they said I'm banned from United Airlines. So, really? Yeah, yeah, I did you a favor? Yeah, I can't I can't fly on United. No, anymore. they didn't. No, they did. They sent me an email yesterday. They banned wow. you. Yeah, they banned me. Yeah. Why? Wow. There was no warning. Good no question. They said I have 96 hours to re reply. So we're gonna see how it plays out. Damn. Mm -hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. I just want them to have better training for their employees. You know, I'm good. Like, you know, the, when the, the cops were, were super cool about the situation when I got off the plane. And they're like, yo, just stay calm, you know, because if not, they're not going to book you on another airline. They're not going to reimburse you. And I was like, yo, they can suck my I don't care. At this point, I, you know, I don't care about the money. Like, I'm just going to post this. I saw you still made your party, though. I did. I yeah. did. They couldn't stop the shine. So you got on another line, airline? I did. I went back to Delta where I belong. Now, Sheezy, I want to ask you a question because I think you'll be honest about this. Talk to me. Is DJ Drama the most popular mixtape DJ of all time? Is Gangsta Grills the all right, most popular so mixtape right. series of all time? Those, are, those, those are two different questions, and okay. that's what I think everybody gets caught in when they when they had a discussion. And Envy, you my dog, you know that for life. Mm -hmm. But I do think Gangsta Grills, as a brand, mm -hmm. is the biggest mixtape series of all time. I agree. I love Clue. That's my partner. Love him to death. But what would be the series that you would compare to Gangsta Grills? The series, not not a verse, not a song, not a tape. What series of clues would yeah, you compare yeah, to Gangsta nah, Grills? Nah, yeah, I don't, I don't, That's I don't, all I'm saying. Yeah. Drum stuck with one brand and wrote it out to the mm -hmm. end. He didn't change a bunch of names of the tapes, and I think that's what people aren't taking into consideration. They're turning it into, well, this person is my favorite DJ. All he's saying is the most important brand to the mixtape series and this is his partner he had mm -hmm. a mixtape series too mm -hmm. he had 28 grams that was super important but I'm just saying as far as the brand and the title there was nothing more powerful it is very hard for a New York DJ to give that up <laughs> yeah that's what I always say in my we're argument. just looking at somebody's page he's ringing Rory's his page. his fist I'm right not. now no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I think too rich to care it, it, I don't it, think it's like on the real though like 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 who's the best MC Biggie, Jay-Z and Nas right? right so you got people that's gonna say DJ Drama you got people that's gonna say DJ Clue right. but mm. nobody's wrong you know, no, no mixtape brand. What, what, ser what series? When it, would came, you... when it comes to brand, as far as mixtape, yeah, no, there's no bigger brand than that Gangsta Grill series. Okay, Ooh. yeah, real brand. Right. Clue taking that... you out as well. But when it comes to the biggest mixtape DJs, my right. opinion is DJ Clue. That's mm -hmm. but it. Mm -hmm. Can't argue that. Mm -hmm. Can't argue that. I, I, I think that's kind of debatable too. <laughs> it's a debate. I would, I would, I would lean Clue. Is it fair to compare it to the Jordan, Kobe, LeBron debate? I mean, because there would be no DJ drama if there was no DJ. All right, so, I, so I got a question. So, so, so here's a question. He said Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Why are we naming five or six, seven, eight DJs that's in comparison outside of you and Clue? Totally okay. Any other DJ could get butt hurt, but let's be honest. The mm -hmm. conversation is okay. only clue and mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I then don't you know, know why people think we got beef too, drunk. Why me and you? Still say no. Yeah, so I ran into uh, somebody at the seminar. They still ask. It's crazy, right? That's your fault. <laughs> what do you mean? You wonder why. That's that was, your that fault. Was a, that was an awkward five day. Five, five years ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you see yourself? We squashed that five years well, ago. People watching yeah, yesterday. They still watch it. Yeah, they don't know. We see each other all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. It made for a but legendary interview, that's for sure. But now they still ask about it. They still to this day. <laughs> somebody connected the drum and hit me the other day and was like, "Yo, y'all still got beef?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> what are you talking about?" He was like, "Let me ask you a question." So what happened? I'm like, "We talked about it." So who, like, who, who, was, who was it? Name names. We bleep it out. <laughs> he came to the seminar and everything. He was like, "Yo, I just want." He waited online and that's I thought he was crazy. gonna ask a real estate question. Oh, he was like. Yeah, yeah. So why you and drums still got beat? I'm like, 
Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, people have... I guess this is introduction to you, you know, let you know. But it made for a classic interview. I'm not going front, though, you know. <laughs> it was. It was classic. It was yeah. classic. It was we got more with DJ Drama, Lake Sheezy, and Don Cannon. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with DJ Drama, Don Cannon, and Lake Sheezy. Charlamagne? Question, how did hip-hop survive the FBI's raid? Of, of the affiliates. I mean, hip-hop is the phoenix, for real, for real. I mean, if you think about it, like, the whole game changed when that happened, like, the mixtape game. Yes, but people don't realize that for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, you know, it literally it introduced the blog era, which, you know, was the precursor to the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. You know, the blogs became the new mixtapes, you know, and then around that same time, there was a whole generation, a whole school of, of, of young artists that started to create waves with their projects you know i.e kendrick and drake and and cole and mm-hmm. you know Wiz, and we could go down the line and you know these guys are all you know after that era per se another part about it is mixtapes became bigger business after the raid than they ever were because mm-hmm. even during the times of that piff and live mixtapes and everything like those guys were cutting real checks and and spending real bags whether they were paying artists whether they were giving you know me monthly just to you know when artists would come to me i'd be like yo I, if you do a tape with me we have to drop on that piff you know because that's who i'm exclusive to so yeah i mean i think like 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 anything in hip-hop when a raid happened like you know it it finds a way to survive like it's just you know it's a culture that's dominant like no other i think people forget uh, correct me if i'm wrong but didn't 17 people get locked up with y'all it wasn't 17 people got detained me and Cannon were the only two that actually got locked up but when they came we had like 17 employees and staff or interns that you know were in the building at the time that they questioned mm-hmm. and you know asked them where the guns and the drugs and you know all that guns <laughs> and drugs oh yeah they asked yeah, about all that that's they, what they came for when it came they were like yo tell us where the guns and the drugs are like y'all not fooling us we know what's going on over here Who t- somebody had to tell on y'all um it had to be yeah, I mean, the story goes like there was a, a little kiosk in a mall in Morrow, Georgia, and there was a Peppermint music in there. And the Peppermint complained about the kiosk that were selling mixtapes. So when the, the cops came to the kiosk, the young lady who worked there was like, nah, these aren't bootlegs. I get these from DJ Drama. Like, these are straight. And I guess that's how they started their investigation. And then the cops went to the RIAA who, you know, then they got into cahoots and they did what they did. Damn, but, was going to everything back, right? And ne- never no charges. I got everything back, no charges, nothing, no apologies, no my bad. Just it just went away. Yeah, me and Cannon had to um uh record a uh, PSA for the RIAA that they never put out. Actually, what? Yeah. No bootlegging PSA? Yeah, like one of them. Like one of them <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Well, and, and, and real quick, and import, import, import. got out of the mixtape game because the RIAA used to send letters all the yeah. time. Mixtape be dropped, yeah. and we'd say, "Hey, if you if you continue to do this, we're going to press charges." Yeah. So we was like, "We got to wiggle another way because we knew it was going to happen." Yeah. I always thought it was going to be Clue though. Clue might have dropped it down. <laughs> I mean, and I and I think you know too. The other important thing about it, I think that era could dangerously go undocumented. You know what I'm saying? If we're not careful with the streaming platforms and a Mm -hmm. lot of those bodies of work, you know what I mean? Because if you don't know, you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know where to find per se a dedication to. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, one of our goals and things that we've been working on is definitely getting a lot of those, you know, important tapes up on the um on the DSP. Trapper dies on title. Yeah, Trapper yeah. dies on there. Yeah. So it's up. You, you and me good now, Drew? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah. 
Y'all ever feel like, you know, y'all might have to throw some reparations to Quentin Miller? Man, we, <laughs> we talk about that all the time, bro. Really? Um, honestly, though, I don't think it was really our fault with Quentin. We, we were invested in Quentin as an artist. Like, we mm -hmm. weren't really going around telling people that he wrote or did anything like we liked. Uh, the group that he was in, it was him and another cat, and crusher. we really liked it. Yeah. Like it, it was kind of you know the, the fact that he wrote for a bunch of people or wrote for you know for whoever was was secondary to us. We were interested mm -hmm. in dude like beyond that, you know what I mean? It was just extra incentive. So I hate that it played out for him because he's really a nice kid, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And yeah. you know he was just honestly trying to create like an honest way of living for himself, and he was super talented, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I just think if the emotion was removed from it, it really could have played out a different way for everybody, mm -hmm. you know. But I think there was a bunch of other emotions involved that made it play out the way that it did. Yeah, so. he's still around too. He, yeah, he's you still know, around. he gets, he gets tutelage to from us, and you yeah. know mm -hmm. that that's a form of re reparation. You know what I'm saying for mm -hmm. what he does. But dude is dope, though. Yeah, he's dope. Like, he's he dope. dope so. Got it. And one of the, what I respect him because one of the first things he said when he came when he came back to the light was like the one thing that he mm -hmm. regretted more than anything was that you know the relationship that he had with us kind of fell through mm -hmm. because for real we had a real good relationship. We didn't ask for much from dude. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask for much from us. It was really organic. Like uh, most. Mm -hmm. Our relationships are, you know what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I feel like unfairly, like you know, we got a lot of fingers pointed at us, and you know, Quentin also got the short end of the stick in a lot of ways. So you know, mm -hmm. we always, I always felt, you know, what I'm saying, compassionate for how it played out for him, and then you know, just even for us, like you know, taking a lot of those bullets per se. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because you know, it played out how it played out, but you know, no one really. Will necessarily ever know the full story of you know <laughs> what, yeah. how it went. Like, who knows the full story? I do that. I do that. Will it ever be told? I mean, you know, I think about that at some times, but then you know, then I also think about like how many stories in hip hop there are that haven't been told and i don't know if i don't honestly know if that's my decision to necessarily make per se you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying there's still our side in a lot of ways that can still be told and you know maybe one day we'll see how it plays out you know what i'm saying y'all have been a part of some amazing hip-hop moments yeah that's that's Good crazy to think about like, yeah. no, for real, like for yeah. real like some really great moments like i don't think you can keep that to yourself yeah I, yeah i mean and 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 with with you saying it in that context, that is what I think about. You know, in all fairness, like at some point, it's just you know for the culture, you know, it may need to get told. I mean, listen, you got guy, you got Big U and uh, yeah. Trick Trick and you know Bimmy and all yeah. those guys telling their story. Yeah. That man, it's like, yeah. why not? No, I feel you. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, this in a sense, if you look at it in that way, it's still a little fresh. So I give it a couple more years per se. But it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, he's still. Still keep to myself. Let's put it like that. <laughs> Y'all seen a lot of success with Uzi and Jack Harlow. Who, who's next? Uh, Seti Hendrix. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the one. Yeah. We also signed our first R&B act too. Word? So we're excited about that. Yeah. Who's that? A female by the name of Carvina. Okay. Yeah. So we're super excited about that. Uh, shout out Kaluminati. But you know we keep it small. But. Mm -hmm. Then we only like five artists deep right now in boutique label. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, bro. Your brothers for joining us, Don Kendall, Easy DJ Drama. No doubt. Appreciate you, brothers. Love y'all. Appreciate it. Nick Cannon is opening up about what happened when he apologized for some statements that he made on his podcast. And here he is on ABC. He's actually discussing... Uh, was that apology that he made forced? 
There are reports that you were pressured to <laughs> apologize in order to keep your job. Who pressured me? Ultimately, I've always said that apologies are, are empty. In Hebrew, they call it, you know, teshuva, the, the process of, of not only, you know, repenting, but through that, if you're ever met with a, a similar situation, that you make a different decision. That goes beyond apologizing. And I'm on this journey of atonement because it's the right thing to do. All right. In addition to that, uh, he talks some more about what that atonement means for him. The purpose first was to say we are all the same people. That's ultimately what I was saying. I was like, how can you hate when you believe that you come from the same people that are saying you're being hateful? Also on ABC News, Nick Cannon was talking about what he meant. Well, we just played that one. Oh, can you hear you? Right. Yeah, we just played that clip. All right. Sorry. I guess they skipped one. All right. Well, yes. Yeah, so that was Nick Cannon. If you want to watch that whole entire interview, that's on ABC News where he was discussing what happened. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, salute to Nick, man. The best apology is change behavior. And, you know, uh, you know, always remember only only God can judge you. If other people don't want to forgive you, so what? Your, your true atonement comes from God. But isn't that what we're supposed to do? If, if we make a mistake, we find out the history and understand and then apologize like he did. I don't I don't see the problem. You know what? I didn't like that when he apologized, people were mad at him for apologizing. <laughs> Listen, do we understand that's the world that we live in, though? Mm -hmm. Like, you always got to remember the three, the rule of 10. Three people going to care. Three people not going to care. Four people just going to be on defense it's gonna be like that with anything that you do you're gonna find people that support it you're gonna find people that don't so that's why i said you can only you know your true forgiveness comes from god man like who cares what other people think all right now in addition to that since we're talking about nick cannon uh allegedly well it doesn't seem alleged but uh nick cannon when casanova was on his podcast apparently they used part of that interview in the case against casanova listen to this you got to tell me, like, I keep seeing the, the gorillas and the apes every time you move. <laughs> What's this movement about? You know, regular uh, blood <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Regular so you ain't leave that alone. Nah, nah, I, I ain't leaving my apes alone, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just separated myself. But, you know, that's that's who I am. That's that's what kept me high. I kept, you know, in jail. And right. that's what before jail, that was me. So I ain't going to just get rich and switch. Yeah. They over there. I'm over here. But I'm still ape stuff. All right. So the feds are saying that that means that he still is participating in that activity and they're actually using this as a case against him. What? I don't understand. He clearly said mm -hmm. I was separating myself. Hold on. Let, let attorney Leonard McKelvey handle this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But what, what did the feds say, though? The defendant well, made clear that he is, quote unquote, still ace. That is a member of Gorilla Stone. With regard That's to racist. media interviews the defendant has done, then counsel references interviews where he said good things about the community, and he references that interviews where he mentions his violent past are about the violent past and have nothing to do with the present. I would just reiterate the Nick Cannon interview from 2019 where he says, still Abe. So he's currently still a member. Attorney Lenar McKelvey reporting for duty. First of all, calling my client an ape is racist. Uh, I don't care what my client referred to himself as. He mm -hmm. cannot. Okay, that's number one. Uh, second, as Attorney Rashawn just stated, they are all conveniently leaving out the fact that He's he separated, separated himself from He said from that them. clearly. He actually said that twice in that interview, okay? Now, sometimes, Your Honor, you're a product of your environment and you can't escape being a part of certain things. It's a matter of survival. But he clearly said, they are over there and, and I'm over here. I he clearly said, myself. I separated myself. 
Okay? Case I, closed. I don't know if case is closed. I don't know if the case is closed. I, I, case is closed. I adjourn. I, I sit my ass down. Sit, sit your ass down. Whatever, it do. whatever they say down. in court. I can't remember what uh, Method Man says on Power. What does he say? I okay. Know. I rest my case. I rest my case. Yeah, I rest my case. I don't know if the case like is rested, that. though. I don't want to rest. Where did you get your degree? I'm just curious. DeVry. <laughs> <laughs> now, Casanova tweeted out on Sunday, if you ain't send me no money or check in on me and you supposedly my mans, that's my D. And that goes for anybody. So. Damn. I feel it. All right. <laughs> All right, Michelle Obama well, is you, you, you can't say stuff like that and don't leave a cash app. You got to tell us how to donate money. Donate money. You can't just say that. <laughs> Cass? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, but I, I mean, I feel him. There's so many people I'm sure that were around him, running to the clubs with him. It was all good when we were on vacation in Miami and Vegas. And now, mm, I'm stuck. Send me something. By the way, put a cash out. We all know that's life. Yeah, that is. It. My daddy would always tell you, you think them your little friends until you find yourself mm -hmm. in a situation. Right? Mm -mm -mm. But like you said, he should put a cash out there because a lot of people would throw some money in it. Mm-hmm. All right, now Marvel Comics has announced a gay teen Captain America as part of their new series. They're launching a five-part limited edition what? series. The, the, it's called said... The United States of Captain America, and the timing is going to be June is Pride Month. And so the addition of the character featured in that month's intro story will be the first step to take up the Captain America role, who is LGBTQ. You said the... I've never heard of the gay team in Marvel Comics. I mean, there's, there's LGBT characters, but the gay team... Is that like the Avengers? <laughs> I don't know. Would you like to pick up my hammer? Huh? I'm just asking. Can you lift my hammer? Just, huh? You know what? I'm not asking anymore. You said it was gay. So what? All right. There you have it. That and so that issue number one is set to be released both in print and digitally on June. 2nd. I want everybody to grow up. <laughs> I'm Angela Thanks. Yee, and that is your rumor reports. Huh. <laughs> Why the gay team, though? They couldn't think of nothing That's what I said. There's no name. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I hate y'all. I'm going back home, man. <laughs> Who just snorted? Oh, man. Oh, God. All right. Who are you giving your donkey to, Charlamagne? <laughs> yeah, get it out. Who are you giving your donkey to, um, Aaron, Aaron Barnes Burple and Walker Washington need to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with them, please. <laughs> <laughs> I eat y'all, man. That's next. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Want to sleep great? Let Mattress Firm sleep experts match you to your perfect mattress. I found mine. Visit mattressfirm.com or a mattress firm near you to find your perfect mattress. Brought to you by Mattress Firm. Rest assured, we'll find the right bed for you. WWPR FMHD1 New York. And our heart radio station. Make sure you tell them to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. Florida. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man <clears throat> for attacking a flamingo. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlemagne the God. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, everybody look alive. Okay, Donkey of the day for Wednesday, March 17th goes 
to Aaron Barnes Burple and his co-defendant, his co-D, Walker Washington. Do you remember who Aaron Barnes Burple and Walker Washington is? Well, Aaron is 29 years old, and he hails from the great state of Florida. Uh, Crestview, Florida, to be exact. What does your Uncle Charlotte always say about Florida? Well, the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, and Walker Washington uh, is 52. Okay, 52. These men, Aaron Barnes Burple and Walker Washington, are going to have to sit down for a while. Uh, Aaron, for seven years, to be exact. Yes, Aaron Burple was sentenced to seven years in prison because for several weeks, him and Walker defrauded multiple businesses by posing as famous musical artists and their entourages. Would you like to hear more details? Well, let's go to WFXG Fox 54 for the report, please. The FBI says thanks to alert employees at the Fairfield Inn and Suites in Augusta, they became aware of a scam in which they say a group of people ran up thousands of dollars of charges claiming to be associated with a well-known hip-hop group. As a result, 51-year-old Walker Washington and 28-year-old Aaron Barnes Burpo both faced charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and aggravated identity theft. The federal complaint alleges the two organized a group who claimed to be with the Rock Nation production company and the hip-hop group Wu Tang Clang. According to investigators, they used fraudulent and stolen credit cards to rent luxury limousines and ran up hotel bills in Atlanta, Macon, and Nashville. This middle-aged dirty bastard Aaron and this old dirty bastard Walker were pretending to be members of Wu Tang Clan and executives at Rock Nation. One of the founders of Rock Nation once said, You can't knock the hustle. Well, I've gotten older and realized, yes, you can. Because, see, Aaron's hustle ain't nothing to F with. I don't advise anyone to get into the business of using fraudulent and stolen credit cards, okay? Shame on a nigga who tries to run game on a nigga by pretending to be someone they are not with stolen credit cards. Y'all do know this has been going on since the beginning of time, right? Aaron Burpo, a.k.a. Memphis Week, is not the first person to pretend to be someone to get over on people, okay? Worst thing that ever happened was those kiosks in local malls started selling replicas of the No Limit Tank and the Wu-Tang logo and the Rockefeller chain. Oh, my God. When people could get their hands on some merchandise, a T-shirt, a hoodie, a hat. Oh, boy. In my lifetime, I have seen some things, okay? I've seen folks lie to women pretending to be members of BMF back in the day. I've seen guys pose as the franchise boys and book shows as the franchise boys. I've seen people come to markets like where I'm from, Charleston, South Carolina, Monk's Corner, Columbia, and pretend to be some big-time record executive. So Aaron, a.k.a. Master Scammer, posing as a member of Wu-Tang is not surprising. <sighs> Those were the days, by the way. Can't it be that it was... All so simple then. Look, I, I get it. You would rather die enormous than live dormant, even if what you do is wrong. Okay, this brother Aaron, a.k.a. you broke God, ran up tabs at the Georgian Terrace Hotel and Hyatt Regency in Atlanta. Both those hotels said they walked out on tabs worth 45 grand and 39,000. <laughs> They rented luxury limousines and defrauded hotels, caterers, and production studios of thousands of dollars in goods and services in multiple cities. Aaron and Walter running around with the top down, screaming out, money ain't a thing, talking about their members of Wu-Tang and Rock Nation. Guys like this confuse me because this is somewhat genius. I'm like, if you can come up with an elaborate scam like this to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, then there has to be another method. Man, please let Remy Ma give Aaron Burbo and Walker Washington the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker! are you dumb? I'm just saying. All right. By the way, I can't wait for the verses this Saturday. Mm -hmm. Ghostface Killer, 
versus Raekwon, which is really not a versus. It's more of a no, celebration. It is. You know what I mean? Because those two are like peanut butter and jelly. But man, my man Hassan Ture, he uh, makes Ghostface robes. One mm -hmm. of the first things I did when I came to New York in 06 was look up Hassan Ture. And I got me a Ghostface robe made at the house. And I got some Wu-Tang Wallabies. And I'm going to have a white stocking mask on to pay homage to early Ghostface when he didn't show his face. Oh, I'm going to be in full character on Saturday, baby. I can't wait. You kept teasing about getting a, a, a Wu-Tang tattoo. You should do it this weekend. No. You just go ahead and just put the W on your, no, on your no. forehead. I, 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 no, 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 no. I, I did want a Wu-Tang tattoo at, at one point in my life, but I'm too old for that. Now. I can't take that That was like two years ago. Well, you know. I'm two years old. I'm 42. <laughs> two years ago. That hurts. I, I can't even imagine getting a tattoo at my age. All right. I Ask. actually want to get the ones that got removed. It hurts. Even more than a tattoo. Really? Mm -hmm. Well. You're going to stay there, huh? Yeah, because the stupidest thing in the world is when your kids <laughs> ask you what that is. And you even forgot you got it because you got it so long ago. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's just stupid. It's just dumb. All right. Well, Ask Ye is next. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call ye right now. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep it real. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Aqua. Hey, good morning. What's your question for Yee? Aqua. Hi. Yes, like water. Um, so I've been single for three years, and I'm trying to see what I'm doing wrong because I'm a single mother, and I need stepdaddy for these kids. <laughs> I hear them right now. <laughs> so do you have friends that can hook you up with people? Like, how have you been trying to date? Okay, uh, well... I haven't really tried. I haven't really tried. Um, mm. I so you think it's a well. show up at the door? I think that's what I think. But at the same time, it's like, okay, <laughs> so when I do get attention, it's like, it's not who I want. So I'll be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. All right, so a couple of things here. Um, I think you have to put yourself in a position to meet somebody. And I understand there's a pandemic, so it's not like you can go so many places like you used to. But I do think there's something to be said for when you do go out, just be open to even just speaking to people. It don't even have to be anybody you're interested in. But just, you know, greet people, be nice, start little conversations. I think things like that really open up your energy. I also mm -hmm. feel like doing doing certain things like, volunteer well you have three i don't know if you have time to be doing stuff like that because i was going to yeah, say sometimes doing, doing things that you're interested in like activities taking a class volunteering that's a great way to meet somebody that is like-minded or somebody mm -hmm. that you know is um doing something with themselves but you do have your children so i don't know if you have extra time for things like that but i want to suggest to you to let people know that you're looking and that means like your friends family members like yo y'all hook me up Okay, awesome, awesome. Have you done that? Uh, yeah. Look, so, um, on my social media, I kind of uh, broadcast it. I broadcast it on my social media. Really, my Snapchat, because I'm actually in Facebook jail right now. I got, like, damn, nine more days. Damn, Facebook. But, ye
I just be like, I'm single, you know, trying to mingle. I mean, because I, I pay my own bills. I have my own car. I have my own place, you know. So I'm like, what What else do I need? I don't know. So you're on, you're on Facebook dating, you said? No, no. I'm just saying, like, every now and then I post a status, like, single. It's, I guess it's not really informing that I'm looking. I just put that I'm right. single, you know. Why don't you go so. on dating apps? Oh, I'm scared to do that. That's how people die. <laughs> that is, no, stop it. You got to vet these people out. Facebook actually has a Facebook dating since you're on social media already. Uh-huh. I guess I have so, to look that. Yeah, you got to make an effort. That's all I'm saying. If you're, you you shut down everything, you know what I mean? You don't want to talk to people that want to talk to you. You don't want to go on dating apps because you think people might be dying. All The only effort you're making is posting that you're single. Right. So I have to add more to that. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you got to make a little effort, girl. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm going to do better then. (laughs) Okay. All right. I wish you good luck. All right. Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, hit Yee now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello. Who's this? It's T.O. What's up, bro? What's your question for you? Man, I just want to know, man. I've been separated from my wife for like six months. You think it's shit I just gone ahead and file for the divorce? Should I just try to make it work? Do you want to be married to her? I do. So I why would you file for a divorce? Because we've been separated. You know, I, I had lost my job and stuff during the COVID. So everything kind of hit us at one time. And now it's just like today my birthday and I'm so used to spending it with her, I just don't know what to do. So are you trying to get back together with her? What is it that she needs you to do? Why are you guys separated? I don't know. She just left. She won't ask You do know. You have to tell me why. You know why. I think it's because I lost my job, honestly. And, you know, the financial part hit us hard. Mm-hmm. Finances are the number one reason people do get divorced. So what are you trying to do to get yourself together? Because this is a good time for you to try to work on yourself. I mean, I really been just trying to figure it out. You know, I just, I went through like a depression mode. You know, I was trying to do everything. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's not just you losing your job that makes a woman feel away. It might be the way that you're acting, the way that you're treating her. Because when things like that happen, it can be a hard hit to your own ego. And then that's what causes the issue. It's not necessarily just you losing a job. It's you treating her differently because you don't feel great about yourself. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Like, you know, like, you start losing confidence. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. man, when you ain't working, it's hard for you to feel confidence in yourself. Right. And then I'm sure that if you would be, you know, and be able to express those things to her, she would be more supportive of you. But instead, she might try to help. Then you lash out. Then she doesn't want to help anymore. Then she feels like she's doing a lot and you're not doing enough. And it turns into this whole cycle because you guys aren't communicating and you're not telling her how you're really feeling. And then she might be looking at you like you're not making enough effort. And that's a lot of stress. It really is, man. I just wish, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, we still married legally, but I'm just like, why? You know what I'm saying? Should I... You think I should just go ahead and file the divorce? I don't know. No. Does, does she want to get divorced? My phone call. Does she want to get divorced? I'm not sure. She won't I don't answer know his phone what call. She want to do at this point. 
Okay, why don't you get yourself together at this point? Because right now, it seems like you had a bad breakup. You didn't even really tell me exactly what happened. You're saying, oh, it's just because I lost my job. But that's not really all it is. And it feels like, and I always feel like this too, if you can't be an individual that's confident in yourself and feeling great, it's hard to be in a relationship, right? Because right now you're broken as a person. So it's two holes that come together in a relationship and you need to be whole. Do y'all got some more of that counseling? I need some. Um, I think I think you do. I really do. You, don't, like. you know what? Hold on the line. We don't have that, but I do have somebody that can help you out. I'm going to get your information, and I'm going to have uh, Dr. Kendall Jasper reach out to you so that he can talk to you and help you figure out what resources and how you can, uh, you know, just I, actually. I think, I think, honestly, I think if we could have went to counseling, we could have saved mm-hmm. our marriage, but it was just. It was a lot. I was drinking a lot. Yeah, see, it's a lot to it. And, you know, and that affects your relationship. When you do do those things that are harming you, it's also affecting her and it's affecting the whole relationship. But it's also that you need some help. And I'm not blaming you for anything because things happen that are out of our control and we don't know to handle it and deal with it. And it comes out in ways that we could never anticipate. And so you need to learn how to get those tools to be able to deal with it. And see, that's what it is. I've been dealing with a lot of trauma as a kid, and it just starting to take effect on my, as an adult, and it just started coming out. And I didn't even realize the type of problems that I had and the people that I was affected. Right. And so I don't think, if you're asking me, do I think you should file for divorce? Not if you want to be married and feel like your marriage can be saved. But in order to save your marriage, let's save you first. Yeah, I need it, please. All right, hold on. We're going to get you some help. All right, hold on, brother. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice, you can hit Yee. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about Sharon Osbourne and the talk. Now, Leah Remini is coming forward to talk about some offensive things that she says that Sharon Osbourne has said, things that are homophobic and racist as well. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Rumor Report with Angela Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, now there are multiple sources who have things to say about Sharon Osbourne being uh, homophobic, being racist and making these comments. Actor Leah Remini and others are accusing her of saying these comments, as well as journalist Yashara Lee. Now, journalist Yashara Lee reported Tuesday that Sharon Osbourne has a long record of insulting the race and sexual orientation of former talk co-hosts like Julie Chen and Sarah Gilbert. According to Yashar Ali, multiple sources, including former co-host Leah Remini, said that uh, Sharon Osbourne referred to Julie Chen, who is Chinese, as uh, Chinese American, as wonton and slanty eyes, and to Sarah Gilbert, who is a lesbian, as a, I can't say this, but vagina liquor and fish eater. I don't think you can now, say that Sharon, She said uh, that if people heard her and she still got I don't think you can a, say that either, Yee. She still got a job. Boy, white privilege is real. That's it. Yeah, that's crazy. Sharon Osbourne's publicist has denied these allegations in the following statement. The only thing worse than a disgruntled former employee is a disgruntled former talk show host. For 11 years, Sharon has been kind, collegial, and friendly with her hosts as evidenced by throwing them parties, inviting them to her home in the UK, and other gestures of kindness too many to name. Sharon is disappointed, but unfazed and hardly surprised by the lies, the recasting of history, and the bitterness coming out at this moment. 
She will survive this as she always has, and her heart will remain open and good because she refuses to let others take her down. She thanks her family, friends, and fans for standing by her and knowing her true nature. I mean, these situations are always tough, though, right? Because it's like, who do you believe? One person saying somebody said something, the other person saying they didn't say something. Like, what do you do in a situation like that if you're an employee mm-hmm. or employer? What do you do? Right. So right now they're investigating. You know, they're on a hiatus until next week. Originally, they were supposed to come back to work today. But now it looks like they've extended that until next week. Now, here is what Sharon Osbourne has to say on a pact that she made with the other hosts on the show. There was a situation in February. Carrie-Anne was given a question to ask Elaine. And Carrie-Anne didn't want to ask it. But it came from the producers to ask Elaine. And it was... If black people can use the N-word, why can't white people use the N-word? Which is a very naive question to ask. We all know why. So Elaine got very upset with her response. Carrie-Anne started to cry. So we agreed we would never be surprise each other with questions if we thought the other one hadn't been prepped. I don't know what's going on here. That sounds like The Bachelor and the Royal Family interview. Like, what's happening? Yeah, the music. <laughs> now, Sharon Osbourne says she Crazy. thinks what happened with Piers Morgan and Cheryl Underwood was a setup. I finished saying what I'm saying, and then Cheryl asked me these questions, which I didn't know, and they were written questions. And then Elaine's reading her questions. Stand up for anti-racism. And I'm like, I've been set up. Don't try and cry, because if anyone oh, should be crying it should be me and i went like how dare you all do this to me so in the break i'm like talk to me cheryl what is going on why do white women like to play the victim so much she's a liar your honor i'm gonna tell you why she's a liar sharon osborne tweeted about Piers morgan Mm-hmm. So she had to know when she came back to her daytime talk show that she does every day. They were mm-hmm. going to ask her about it. So how was it a setup when you volunteered your opinion about the Piers Morgan situation on Twitter? You had now to Sharon know that Osborne when you sat down on your TV show, they were going to ask you about it. She loves Cheryl Underwood, wants to apologize, but I guess Cheryl ain't hitting her back. Do you regret how things spun out of control with Cheryl? Regret? Oh, my God. Cheryl's my friend of nearly 11 years. What do you want to say to Cheryl? I love Cheryl. I've apologized to Cheryl. She's not gotten back. And I, I can understand Cheryl needs her time. So what is what is this that we're listening to? Is this that interview that I saw Kevin Frazier was doing? Is that what that was? Oh, yeah, that interview. Yeah, so why it sounds very dramatic to you. It does. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm like, like Sharon said something that pissed people off. Why is she getting the special one-on-one like she got done wrong? Like, shouldn't that be something that she participates in and Cheryl Underwood participates in? Why is only her side of the story being told? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe, I don't know if Cheryl maybe isn't trying to do interviews right now. Maybe they'll address it on the show. Well, I know, I'm I saw, not sure. I saw Kevin Frazier post a picture of him and Sharon last night, and he said that he wants to have a round table with Michael Eric Dyson, Amanda Seals, Cheryl Underwood, Holly Robinson, Pete. By the way, that's the setup. All right. If you want to, yeah. if you want to, if you want to send it somebody to execution, can you imagine Sharon Osbourne sitting across from Amanda Seals and Michael Eric Dyson? Whoa. Yeah, that's the setup. But I'm just saying, why is she getting the one-on-one treatment? Like, mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to do that, shouldn't that have been her and Cheryl and Holly Robinson, Pete, everybody that's in this situation together? Well, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes with them. So, but it looks like she already got the special. She's sitting down with Kevin Frazier with the dramatic music playing and. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Playing the victim. It's like, yeah, that fight is fixed, seemed like to me. 
All right. And Offset is going to be producing and judging a streetwear competition series, uh, The Hype. And that's going to be for HBO Max. So that should be pretty exciting for him. Mm-hmm. Uh for him to be hosting that. And shout out to my girl, Ricky Hughes. She's actually going to be uh, the executive producer on that. She's or the showrunner for that. So shout out to Ricky Hughes. She's the first black female to receive an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special for Netflix's Dave Chappelle uh, special that he did. Dropping a clues bomb for Ricky. Salute to Ricky. What up, Ricky? And she did all of our living black stuff, too, for iHeart. So shout out to my girl, mm-hmm. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky. Ricky's a beast. All right. Oh, and last thing, I just have a big announcement I wanted to make. You know, I launched my Wealth Wednesday platform, TeamWealthWednesdays.com, and that was three weeks ago, and we actually had pledged to give $10,000 to an HBCU. So we want to acknowledge the HBCU that in particular had the most pledges on Team Wealth Wednesdays, and that school is Edward Waters College. And so they've been working hard to stay afloat. And a number of their students went to TeamWealthWednesdays.com. They took the pledge to take control of their finances. So we are making a $10,000 donation to Edward Waters. You too can visit the site and take the pledge. Again, TeamWealthWednesdays.com. You know, everything is free. We have resources on there for you, for your finances. So this is just the beginning of TeamWealthWednesdays.com. We just launched it three weeks ago. So shout out to Stacey Tisdale, who is my partner in this. And salute to Edward Waters College. I spoke there before mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Okay. Yes, in Duval. All right. Shout out to Revolt. Uh, everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Revolt, we'll see you tomorrow. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition. Empowering students to go out and do. Visit MountainDew.com slash Real Change to enter. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. All right. It's Women's History Month. Who we repping today, Yee? Well, today we are repping for Rosalind Roz Brewer. She actually just assumed her new role this week as CEO of Walgreens. She is officially the only black woman currently serving as the head of a Fortune 500 company, and she's only the third one in history to achieve that career milestone. So I want to congratulate her for that. Guess how much her signing bonus was when she signed on? How much? How much? $24.7 million when she joined Walgreens as CEO. Wow. She also gets a $1.5 million annual salary and personal use of the company's private jet. Nice. So shout out to Roz Brewer. and he- Congratulations to her. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, currently there's only four African-Americans actively serving as Fortune 500 CEOs, including mm-hmm. Rosalind Brewer, and she's the only black woman. So, again, huge achievement. All right. Now, when we come back, we got the positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. And shout out to uh, my partner, Caesar, Flippin' New Jersey. Make sure you pick his book up, Flippin' Keys. He talks about uh, how he got in the real estate business and how he currently owns over 1,600 units and does about 40 to 50 flips a year and how he's successful in real estate. So shout to him and make sure you pick up uh, your book, his book, anywhere that you could purchase books from. All right. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yeah, man. This positive note is coming from Arthur Les Brown. Salute to Les Brown. Uh, I love this quote, and you can apply this to your life every single day. Les Brown says, in every day, there are 1,440 minutes. That means we have 1,440 daily opportunities to make a positive impact. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> 